Hey, Mel. Bri here. Gotta work from home today because the whole family caught a nasty... Daddy! Hey, Mikey! If you're gonna puke, find the popcorn bowl! But my availability is 110%. Coincidentally, so is my fever. <laughs> Kidding. Mel, I'm so cold but hot. Uh, but I'm gonna get you that budget. Just as soon as... Right. Mikey! Popcorn bowl! Press 1 to use Instacart and get your family's sick day essentials delivered in as fast as 30 minutes. Press 2 to keep working. Do not press 2. Just use Instacart. Brian. How are you guys doing? Today's episode is sponsored by Atlas VPN. Before we get into it, i got to show you guys some stuff that was brought back to me from Ukraine. Yes, I got some items coming back from Ukraine. I had a buddy you guys do know, Anton. He went over there and fought for the last like two-ish months. He came back over here to see his kids. He's going to be coming on here hopefully next week. But he did bring me back some stuff. I gave him one of my helmets that I had for him to go fight over there and use. It was a really nice helmet, so he brought me back. A Russian helmet, but first off, I want to show you guys something. We got this this ribbon right here. Look at this thing. Oh, man, look at that. All right, so if you guys don't know, this is a St. George ribbon. This was supposed to be symbolizing uh, the Russians defeated the Nazis and, st and stuff like that. And so they wear this. This was actually taken off uh, a Russian. He took this off himself for me. So this right here. Um, which we should find a way to, well, that kind of shows that I'm supporting them, doesn't it? If I put it right there, we're not going to do that. But this right here, it's it's their way of like a propaganda in a sense to to show that they're still fighting against Nazism inside of Ukraine. That's pretty much the way it is, because this is the symbol of them defeating it and they're bringing it back. So that's that. We have one of those. Uh, what's the next thing? Oh, yeah. Here's a Russian 50 cal round. That was actually expended and shot at him. He said he had a couple of them that he was able to take back uh, after one firefight. This is one that he actually grabbed. He was detained, by the way, before he came into the country, which shouldn't be shocking to anybody. <laughs> Honestly, this is a, uh, a Russian helmet that was snatched. I actually have an image I'll share with you when he comes on here. We have some images and videos of the collection that was taken from uh, a set of Russians that were not with us anymore. This was actually taken off one of them. And uh, this helmet has seen better days. It's cracked on top of it. Uh, it, it's, it comes with, well, it doesn't, have, there's, no, there's no red on the inside. So I know this is good. It actually has, let's see, you can see it right there. Look at that. So that's that. And then we got one more really cool thing to add to our piece here. Um, this one right here, he, he grabbed for me because he knew that I was a sniper in the military for almost seven years, and it's kind of a big deal. But this one's really cool. He didn't knock off any of the dust. It's been sitting inside of a plastic bag. But as you can see, look at that. See all that all gunked up in there? This is a housing for a thermal optic that a, a Russian sniper was using. This is the back half you can see right here. Well, the thing, so here's what we got going on. So here's the back optic. This is the thing that's zooming in and out, okay? As you guys do know. Here is where they would, in place it, you see this big square. The square piece is going to butt up against the thermal, okay? So that's how they're actually getting some zoom power with the thermals. That's pretty much how this works. It butts up. Usually you have to put like a rubber ring around this to not allow any light in. But that's pretty much how this thing works. It's uh, pretty old school technology. But this right here, I mean, look at that. No idea entirely what happened here, but it looked like it didn't see the better end of a day. But now we have these. So these are some uh, some pieces we actually have. It's it's cool. It's stuff you can't it, you can't remake this. This is this is a part of history literally sitting on my desk and we talk about this for the last nine months literally on a daily basis. And now I have bits and pieces of the, the actual war sitting right here. Um, it is kind of crazy to me. My, my wife looked at it. And she's and when I told her the stories behind it, she's like, 
Oh, you you like that stuff? I'm like, it's like, no, no. I, I it's not that I, I like it for the for the fact that it's it is what it is, but I like it. It's a lot of history behind it, especially this right here. You know, it's not something I'd put up on a shadow box and display. I guess you know, it, I, it's nothing. It doesn't have. It's not like that. I guess maybe I'd put it inside my office and be like, yeah, that's those are actual pieces from the war. But you know, I, I wouldn't put it up with like my World War II stuff. I collect a lot of that. But anyway, I I think just because of who it comes from, it's kind of crazy that I have it. Honestly, to be completely honest with you, it's really kind of that he actually took the time to do that. We just added this piece to it. Now my desk is going to be stacked full of stuff. <laughs> stuff. So anyway, I uh, hope you guys had a fantastic day uh, this far. I just want to let you know I have seen all the recent comments and the videos. And I just want to let you know we've, we've got it uh, settled, worked out. I've seen what you guys have said. Uh, if you guys don't know what I'm talking about, then don't worry about it. If you guys are new, then it doesn't really matter. So there's that. Uh, if you guys remember a few weeks back when I told you guys that Russia actually decided to bombard, we all know this, they bombarded Ukraine with a bunch of missiles, it ended up actually killing a, a two-day-old newborn. We know this. Well, it's now came to light that around a week ago or so, the same Russians who had actually shot the S-300 missiles into the maternity ward, which had killed that two-day-old, were identified, and then the Ukrainians actually had a precision strike set on them on a site in Tokmak, okay? I think it's actually pretty pretty good news to kick this thing off um, with, because that that's, uh, I don't know, it's like getting... Uh, Revenge, in a sense, for something that so was really senseless and shouldn't have happened. I mean, they were hitting targeting civilian infrastructures. But uh, I got to say thank you to Adam Creasy, Ben Gachi, Daniel White, Dave Walter, Helena Lakamoska, James McMullen, and Led Pelter for being a VIP members over on my Patreon, which is always linked in the description. I hate to use this this term because it's it's been overused by people on this channel or just on, on YouTube. But we've been I'm gonna say we've been slightly um, I don't want to say shadow banned because it's a terrible way to put it, but a lot of these videos are monetized out the gate, uh, so the support on, on Patreon is extremely a big deal, so thank you so much. Uh, like, if you were to open up a, a browser right now and try to search for our stuff, we did it last night. Actually, we didn't do it last night on purpose. We had we asked somebody had asked me, hey, what do you do for a living? I told them, and then looked up the channel, and it didn't pop up, and I was like, well, that's really weird. That's really weird. Why would, why would, why would YouTube be, be doing that? But we were flagged, apparently, for spreading misinformation. Uh, over China, not even Ukraine. It's really weird. I'm gonna leave it be at that because I don't want to go into detail. It's it's so weird. I know, nor do I know how we're spreading misinformation about China. We don't ever talk about China. Anyway, uh, I feel like we kicked today's episode off with a, a segment from one of our favorite individuals. We get to see her on the daily. <laughs> Now, I really do love how this guy sometimes, uh, well, because he's always he's always so caught up, I guess is the best way. And the thought that Russia is super powerful, that he is so blind to see what is he what is he even saying out loud. Okay, now the Russian military shouldn't have any downfalls. Okay, these men aren't showing up um, supplied or shouldn't be showing up supplied by clothing that's sent to them from their counties. Okay. Matter of fact, let's take a quick pause real quick. I'm going to shift over to another video that will further help you guys and help us understand these shortcomings. So this right here is a perfect example of two different worlds colliding. We get the main propagandist himself, we see it all the time, from Russia, uh, sitting in his nice, comfortable office in his nice clothes, enjoying life while the men he is currently degrading and has been degrading uh, for, for some time now are being forced into a war they do not want to fight in or are showing uh, what kind of living conditions they're forced to deal with. This guy 100% is right when he's saying that there's no way they're going to be able to fight 
uh, in these kind of conditions for a long period of time. Sickness will be a factor. Morale for sure will be a factor. Like, just imagine. What, we just wait for it for weeks from now. Do you guys really think that morale is not going to be a massive factor? If you're stuck in a dark, gloomy, wet hole, and all you can think about is your wife or your kids or back home, wait, wait, why are you here? You know, it's gonna, it's gonna, it's just gonna kill them, literally, mentally, physically, and all around. Developed by top cybersecurity specialists and IT engineers in 2019, Atlas VPN was created to make the internet accessible and secure for everyone. Currently, it has more than six million users worldwide. This is the best VPN deal in the market. You guys can enjoy affordable online protection for just a dollar seventy a month, plus six months extra with a thirty-day money-back guarantee. Unlock your favorite content from all over the world. If you guys can't access your content, like we had some issues when we were in Belgium, my wife wanted to watch a certain program on Netflix. She couldn't because she was in Belgium. She flipped on Atlas VPN, put herself back in in, in uh, the United States, and she was good to go. Atlas VPN's got you covered. You know what I mean? That's It's great. You guys got to give them a shot. You guys can also keep your Google searches like private. Looking for something on Google, Atlas VPN can search the web with real and organic search results and do it without tracking your activity. You guys can also stop ads and malware because it blocks all malicious links, ads, trackers, and notifies you when someone is trying to steal your data. You guys can also save some money. You guys get best deals when you're shopping online, including subscriptions to Netflix, Spotify, airlines, hotels, and more and you protect unlimited devices with one single subscription. Yes, one single subscription. Steel Black Friday deal is still going on because you guys can get Atlas VPN premium for just a dollar seventy per month plus six months extra. Yes, with a 30-day money back guarantee. 30-day money back guarantee. Right now, you guys can get this steal of a deal from Atlas VPN because you guys can get it for a dollar seventy a month. That is Atlas VPN for one dollar and seventy cents a month plus six months extra for free with a 30-day money-back guarantee. Why would not want to check that out? It's literally, you can protect you and your entire family and all your devices for less than a cup of coffee a month. That's really good. Do it. Check them out. The link's very top of the description. It's Atlas VPN's best offer of the year. So be quick and get your deal by clicking the link at the very top of the description. It's a limited time offer. Go check them out. So now back to our favorite Russian. Now, you know what? A plastic bottle might actually work fairly well, honestly, if you actually keep that thing up, like, in his knee area. Uh, truthfully, you don't really need a knee pad. You only need one. All right, I mean, you don't need knee pads. You only need one, okay? I never used them because they'd always slide down to my ankles. I'd get really freaking mad. They'd be dangling off your foot. You'd be trying to run. You'd be dragging like somebody doing some stupid drill. And it'd be like a knee pad dragging. The, you'd be like, God, this is... I know they made other ones. Um, that were better. They're a lot tighter, but then they get like, you get like a rash on the back of your leg because you sweat. It just sucked. Okay. But back to the water bottle. I love seeing this piece because it ties directly in with everything else we've seen from the piss poor military uh, that the Russian military claims to be uh, so powerful. And there you have it. If you want to call them out for the lies they speak on the daily over there in Russia, they will hunt you down and you will not know a day of peace. I'm so glad I live in a country like America, the one that's flying right behind me, because we can speak freely without any worry or being hunted down or thrown in jail, um, if, if not agreeing with somebody that is on, on the take of the world. I mean, you can be thrown in jail for stuff you say, as long as, I mean, for the most, yeah, you can. Like, if you were to say something about the president in a very b bad way that could be taken a certain way, probably you can get yourself in some trouble. I got another chunk of one I would like to share with you guys. I'm not going to say it's pretty good, but it's pretty entertaining. Песков заявил, что свержение действующей власти в Киеве не является целью российской... So I guess this guy's thought process here on, on, on like, being a big deal with everyone outside of Ukraine, like America or Mexico, 
I don't know apparently why he threw Mexico in there, but like he's talking about directly touching Russia. You know, one of the other reasons why Russia cannot lose inside of Ukraine, and it's something I never really bring up here, nor have I really thought too much about or why not. It's, it's the fact that they do not want NATO close to their doorstep and or like losing inside of Ukraine would ultimately mean they would allow for NATO to expand and accept Ukraine under its umbrella. Okay, but erasing Ukraine off the map as a country as a whole, I don't think it's going to happen. Масса исторических аналогий, примеров каких-то, и вот просто исходя из того, насколько много этих примеров, то есть сколько людей в русской истории... And you know what, I have no idea where this guy is taking us right now or what path he's trying to go down, but using Rome as an example, it's probably not the right one to use for one. Um, they're not here anymore. They failed after a while. Yes, they were pretty powerful for hundreds of years or whatnot, but it's 2022. Uh, it's not the Roman area, you know what I mean? And, and calling somebody a filthy barbarian, like who's try, you're trying to claim it that they're going to come and like burn down your city and take the women and children. Like We're, we're, not, we're not talking about a country... That is going to be doing it. We're talking about Ukraine who's trying to defend themselves and nothing more than, than well, honestly, the Russians are the actual barbarians right now. They're trying to push them out. You know, I was, I was going to play another chunk from this guy. He just goes on to try to explain pretty much how there, how, how there are wars happening all over the planet and that Russians actually need to configure their brains to understand this. He actually said that and it was kind of weird. Uh, before we move on to uh, what is going on in the ground inside of Ukraine, I'd like to share with you guys a video, uh, which you guys will see the aftermath of Hymar strikes. We've seen this a whole bunch, but this one's actually, it's, it's pretty good. Ну, стены ангара валяются. Как бы это понятно. Он рация, там броник пидорячий. Кстати, в пятерках он керамика валяется. Тут у них был узел связи. So what have we seen some videos like this before? I found this one interesting because the building next to it in the background is, is completely fine. Nothing's destroyed whatsoever on that building, okay? And you can tell that this round is like set up to be more like a bunker buster type round, how deep it penetrated, and then it went off. Um, so they were targeting something that they knew was underground. It looked like it was a comm center of some sort. I don't know entirely. The guy counted like 19 different radios, which I, guess I say comm center, but comms headquarters, I, something. Something of some value that was worth shooting a high margin. How about that? Anyways, I wanted to uh, show you guys it was interesting and um, shared. And I thought of something before we move on to our portion here on the ground inside of Ukraine. So once again, there hasn't been anything really to speak of with the guards of ground taken from either side in the recent day or so on the northern part of the country. But we're going to shift down to an area that's causing the Ukrainians a little bit of issues. It's down here now uh, around Bakhmut. Okay. So here is Bakhmut. I told you on my last episode that I believe that this area of Bakhmut could be a real problem in the near future for the Ukrainians, and it seemed to me that the Russians were trying to do everything in their power to encircle Bakhmut and also cut off the supply routes to the city in the hopes to possibly starve them out like they have in the past or attempted to, I don't know, Stalin or whatever. You guys know what I mean? Stone that out there. I think that's what they're trying to do. But the one problem here is the northern side, okay, the northern side of the city is probably always going to be free for the Ukrainians to exfil out of there if they need to. And I'm talking about through here. This is the northern part of the city I'm talking about. I think the, no matter what, if the Russians do somehow go up this route, which this route we're talking about, that, that one I just drew on there, that one's going to be fairly important in the next coming weeks, today's, and whatnot. I think that's the one the Russians are going to be going after. But I think this area, this exfil out of Bakma, will always be there. For one, remember, mountains all the way through, hills, big hills. Those three little circles I just put on there, those are all pretty much... The, the high ground for this entire area. So if you guys can look, they're going to control all this high ground coming in and out like they have. There has been zero movement all along this line by the Russians in months because the Ukrainians control this key high ground. I know, my drawing's really good. I'm going to go ahead and clean this up real quick. 
But I think the Ukrainians are always going to maintain that Xville route out of there, even if they somehow surround Bakhmut. I don't know how much farther along this line they're really going to get through here. I don't know if it's going to be, if they're going to be able to push all the way around. The way the terrain lanes out, it's going to be very difficult. Okay, it's going to be pretty difficult for the Russians. But on the southern side of Bakhmut, okay, the Russians have taken control of the town. We're going to we're going to attempt this. You guys ready for this? Kurtyumika, Kurtyumika, right here. <laughs> Been practicing. So they've been taking that town. They just took it, which is pretty significant, I think, because it's the largest town on this main road that actually heads north out of this area, which is one of the last routes the Russians actually need to gain control of that heads north. Okay, I know that sounds like a little bit of a tongue twister, but it's the last major town that rolls through here. Okay, But this main route, or I'm not going to call it a main route, but this paved hardball road, um, I think this entire route is going to be a slope if they do try to go up, because the Ukrainians are going to be able to set up along the entire route with ambushes and so on and so forth and IEDs and checkpoints and whatnot all along this thing. And the Russians aren't going to be able to, to move too far off this route and going north because they're going to end up getting stuck, like literally stuck in the mud if they need to. Um, they're going to have to maintain their, this route. All this area, they're not going to be able to just drive across it right now. I mean, we know what happened last winter. You know, they, they, they can't do that. And, and the Ukrainians know this. So... This actually might be a good opportunity for the Ukrainians able to, to directly target the Russians as they attempt to move along this route to inflict as much damage as they possibly can. Because the end goal uh, on the eastern side of the country is becoming very obvious. And I think a blind man could actually see what's going on here. The Russians are attempting to encircle the city of Bakhmut itself and have had to shift um, to this western side here recently because they have not had any recent success in the north. They've had this little chunk taken over the last, like, five, six weeks. But for the most part, they have not moved anything in this area, like whatsoever, okay? I'm not a military expert and never claimed to have been one, but looking at, at what's going on here, this makes a little bit of sense. The area is controlled by the Ukrainians for a while, okay? It's been extremely difficult for the Russians due to the terrain surrounding Bakhmut, which is in favor of the Ukrainians this entire side, or this entire time, excuse me. I think they just continue with this area because they've shifted all their manpower months ago out of... Izium area, all through there, they shifted a lot of men all the way back around, and they, that's when they're trying to take Popozna and Lischansk. Remember that? They cannot really afford to shift all their men and supplies out of this time because then they would lose the ground. They've, they've done everything in months trying to gain, and the weather isn't favorable for them right now for a massive logistical movement. It's not, okay? It's just not really feasible. So if you think about it, the Russians cannot afford to back out of this area because of weather. Logistics just doesn't really all align. They cannot lose this area because it's not good for their image. They've put so much effort into this area, so they have nothing else but to try to advance forward. I think, I, I don't know, I think, I think the entire Bakhman area pushed by the Russians is going to be the Achilles heel. And I think every day that goes by, the Ukrainians can actually hold them off. It's going to be a fairly big blow long-term with the amount of equipment the Russians are losing and the amount of men and everything along this, this whole entire line. It's, it it kind of reminds me, what portion of the country does it remind me the most of? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, how, about, how about Kyrgyzstan? It reminds me of a lot of areas in Ukraine. <laughs> I'm thinking about it. There hasn't been an area the Russians have been able to take and hold for very long. So, I don't know. Anyway, Bakhmut is his own thing. Um, I guess they've, they've, the, the Russians have had success in Lischansk and those kind of areas. They did they did take those and hold them. But anyway, uh, down in Kyrgyzstan, we aren't seeing anything with regards to changes on the ground, which shouldn't be shocking to anybody. The daily back and forth, the lobbying artillery rounds is happening for both sides. The Ukrainian Air Force has had a little bit of freedom of movement. I, call, I say Air Force, but um, 
air assets have had a little bit of free, free freedom of movement. They've had uh, 15 airstrikes in the last 24 hours on Russian targets. I don't expect much change from this area anytime soon. And just expect the Ukrainians to continue with their goal of softening up the Russians before attempting to advance. So there we go. That's today's episode. I do hope you guys enjoyed it. I got a lot to do today. I do love you. I'm out of here.